We have an anchor that keeps the soul steady. The Anchor of the Soul with Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. And now, Mike Hickson. At least three times I have been called to the emergency room. In each instance, the person that was transported to the emergency room was dead on arrival. No doubt, a lot of things were done to try to save the lives of those three people that were brought in, but to no avail. Imagine if you can, this morning for a moment or two, prior to coming to worship, you had an accident, heart attack, stroke, and your family members called 911 asking for an ambulance. The ambulance arrives, transports you to the hospital, Efforts are underway to save your life. Every means exhausted to preserve the life that's in you. And finally, after much work, the doctor, the attending physician, says, call it. It's 10.30. 10.30, August the 6th, and you're now in eternity. So here's my question. If that were to have occurred this morning, where would you be now? Let's think about that for a minute or two in our study today. You know, oftentimes we talk about biblical things, and the goal is always to make application. But I think sometimes if we're not careful, we listen, but we don't listen. We see the truth, but in effect, we really don't see it. So what I want to do this morning is just talk about the eternal realm. I want you to just think for a moment or two about your life, where you stand right now. And again, consider if you would, this morning your body was transported to the hospital. Every effort was expended to save your life to no avail. The doctor, the doctor signs off. Life is gone. You're no longer here. You're no longer in this eternal realm, but you're somewhere, so where are you? You can answer that. You know exactly where you would be if you were to leave this world. So I want to begin by just talking for a moment or two about the earthly realm. In Luke chapter 16, we read about two individuals, a rich man, and Jesus, in his narration of this particular story, said that the rich man was clothed in purple and fine linen, lived in luxury. Just imagine what a good life this man had. And then by way of contrast, there's a fellow by the name of Lazarus. and He's described as a beggar. And the Bible says that he was daily laid at his gate desiring to be fed from the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So there are two individuals pictured in this narration. They are on completely different sides of the economic scale. One's very rich, one's very poor. 
And yet the Bible says that the beggar died. When he died, his soul was carried by the angels to the bosom of Abraham. Jesus said the rich man also died. And he lifted up his eyes in torments. So what about this earthly realm that we're living in right now? What's so significant about that? Well, number one, we have to understand, I think maybe sometimes we fail to remember the brevity of life. Now, I know that we all understand that we're not going to be here forever. But typically, when we talk about life and the number of days before us, we often pad those days and say, we've got a long time to live. Who knows? Job said, man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. You remember that in Job 14.1? James said that life is like a vapor. It appears for a little while and then vanishes away. The Hebrew writer said in chapter 9, verse 27, it is appointed unto man once to die. After this comes the judgment. So there's something to be said about the brevity of life. I have less days before me than I have behind me. And I suspect that there are a number of us that would make a similar statement. So I have to appreciate the brevity of life. No wonder Moses said, teach us to number our days. Or Paul, when he wrote, redeem the time, buy it up, make wise usage of the time that you have. But then there are those intrinsic blessings that we enjoy in this life. Life itself is a blessing, isn't it? Now, I grant that there are some folks that those blessings are often offset by the burdens of life. And in Luke 16, you have on the one hand a fellow that, economically speaking, is blessed. You got another guy, a fellow by the name of Lazarus, who's poor, destitute, has very little. Spiritually, however, I would take it to mean, based on what Jesus said, that Lazarus was prospering during his lifetime in the spiritual realm. Whereas the rich man, his treasures were simply on earth, had nothing in the eternal realm before him. So we talk about the brevity of life, the vast blessings that we enjoy in life. And let me say this, if you're a child of God, you are blessed. No matter what kind of material base you have in life, if you belong to the Lord, you are incredibly blessed. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 1 at verse 3 that every spiritual blessing is in Christ Jesus. So if you're in Christ, you're blessed. Forgiveness. You've got a future before you, the hope of heaven. Paul said we live in hope of life eternal, which God who cannot lie promised before time began. Now again, there are burdens that we all face in life. I don't know of anyone that doesn't face trouble, trial, temptation. Why? Because that's just a part of life, isn't it? So what we have to do is to understand the temporal nature of life. As Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he said, We look not at the things which are seen, but rather at the things which are not seen. The things which are seen are temporal, temporary but the things which are not seen are eternal. So what about you? Where is the emphasis in your life? Do you have treasures awaiting you in heaven? Or are, are all of your treasures right here on planet Earth? Now you need to remember what Jesus said many years ago. 
What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So let's just think for a moment or two. Here we are in the earthly realm. And then as a result of death, maybe an accident, disease, heart attack, stroke, whatever, we find ourselves in the eternal realm. Are you planning for your departure? You know, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, at verse 6, Paul said, I'm already being offered. Now listen to him. He said, the time of my departure is at hand. Paul, in writing to Timothy, his second letter and final letter, Paul said, look, I know my time here on planet earth is short. I am about to depart for the realm known as eternity. Are you ready for that day? In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul talks about the sting of death. Now, the Lord Jesus may come prior to our death. If that's the case, we'll rise to meet Him in the clouds. If He delays His coming, we're going to walk that corridor of death. We will depart this life. I don't care how much money we have, how well educated we are. doesn't matter where we live. doesn't matter if we're male, female, young, old. None of that matters. We're all subject to this thing of death. For some, maybe sooner than others. But it's coming. So are you planning for your departure? Let me just say this. What you do today will determine where you spend tomorrow. Are you a Christian? Have you obeyed the gospel of Christ? Did you know the Bible says God would have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That little three-letter word in 1 Timothy 2, verse 4 is very important. God would have all, A-L-L, to be saved. If you are lost, it's not because God designed it that way, not because that's what God wants. But rather, if you are lost, it will be because you made poor decisions this side of eternity, you said no to the Lord. Now the Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 3 that God is not willing that any should perish. There's another three-letter word. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. When Paul preached on Mars Hill in the city of Athens, you remember Paul said the times of ignorance God winked at, but now commands all men, there it, there it is again, that three-letter word, God commands all men everywhere to repent. You believe Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe that Jesus is exactly who He claimed to be? You know, Jesus said, except you believe that I am, you'll die in your sins. People say, well, it really doesn't matter what I think about Christ. I mean, He was a good guy. Had a lot of influence in this world. Interested in people. Compassionate, kind, loving. Broke down social barriers? Absolutely. Let me tell you what, if you don't believe He's the divine Son of God, you will die in your sins. And Jesus said, if you die in your sins where I am, there you cannot come. Now we live in a world today when people don't want to come down on the side of truth. And there are a lot of folks in the world today, they don't want to be dogmatic about anything. When Jesus said, except you believe that I am, you'll die in your sins, that's about as dogmatic as it gets. Somebody says, that's narrow-minded. Maybe. But it's truth. 
Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. You want to be saved? Jesus is the answer. He's the only answer. That's it. The Bible tells us, Peter and John said, neither is there salvation in any other. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You need to be a part of the body of Christ. And those who are part of the body of Christ enjoy the blood of Christ. And you can't be saved without that blood. So do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? Would you be willing to repent of your sins? Change how you're living. That's a command of God. It's not optional. It's an obligation. Have you repented? Have you turned away from the things this world has to offer? That means if you're living in the world and acting like the world and talking like the world and dressing like the world, you're in the world. And John said, the world passes away and the lust thereof. You've hooked your wagon to something that will not stand the test of time. You believe Jesus is the Son of God? You repented of your sins? Have you acknowledged in the presence of others that you believe Jesus is the Son of God? Have you done that? Have you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses, as Paul talks about in 1 Timothy chapter 6? Have you been baptized into Christ, not because you think you're saved, but because you need to be saved? Salvation is in Christ, and the only way to get into Christ is to be baptized into Christ. And if you haven't been baptized into Jesus Christ, please listen very carefully. You are lost. You are without hope and without God in this world. If the Lord Jesus were to come, if you were to step out into eternity, you have no hope and you're without God. That's what Paul said, Ephesians 2, verse 12. Had you died this morning at 1030, had the doctor called it, said, we're done here, where would you be now? Let me tell you what, you haven't obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ, I can tell you where you'll be. You'll be lost. You'll be lost forevermore. Let that sink in for a minute. What we're talking about, this is incredibly important. You need to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because you see, the saved are in Christ and they are in the church of Christ. That is the church that belongs to Christ. In Ephesians 5, verse 23, the Bible says Jesus is the Savior of the body. Now, the body is the church, Colossians 1.18. He's the head of the body of the church. That means those who are saved are in the church. Only those in the church will be saved, just like only those in Christ will be saved. Paul said, I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they may obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. We're baptized to be saved, Mark 16, 16. We're baptized to enjoy the remission of sins, Acts 2, 38. We're baptized into Christ so that our sins might be washed away, Acts 22, 16. We are then placed in the body of Christ with the exhortation to be faithful, come what may. That leads me into another thought. If you've obeyed the gospel, are you faithful? Are you faithful to God? Now only you can answer that question. Either you are or you're not. There's no in-between here. Either you're in Christ and you're living for Christ day in, day out. You're living a consecrated life to His will. 
You remember it was said of the early church, Acts 2.42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread, in prayers. Now therein lies the components of worship. It's not just about worship in the kingdom of God, but it's about being an active, working member of the body of Christ. As Jesus said, here is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Are you bearing fruit in the Christian life? Are you living soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world? Would God be pleased with how you're living? So what if the attending physician called it at 1030? And oh, you'd been baptized into Christ, but not faithful. Where do you think you'd be? Don't fool yourself. Don't think that you're going to be someplace that the Bible says you will not. So where, where are you? You know where you are. The doctor called it at 10.30 this morning. Your family's now in the process of making contact with the funeral home. And they're going to come and pick your earthly, earthly remains up. Your family then has to decide about a memorial service. They've got to decide, are you going to be buried? Your body donated to science? Cremated? They have to dispose of your earthly remains. But where are you? Oh, that's just a body. You know, the Bible says the body without the spirit is dead. Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 7, that at death the body returns to the dust, the spirit to God who gave it. So when you leave this world via death, that spirit's going back to God. And then the question could be raised, where are you? Now there is the Hadean realm spoken of in Scripture. The Hadean realm is the realm of the unseen. And you remember in our lesson text, the Bible says that Lazarus died and the angels bore his soul into the bosom of Abraham. That would be paradise, Luke 23. When one of the thieves said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Paradise, the bosom of Abraham, that's the realm of the righteous. Every single person who has a relationship with the Lord is in paradise. That goes all the way back to Adam coming forward. The righteous dead reside in a place called paradise, the bosom of Abraham. Well, what about the unrighteous? Where are they? The Bible says that the rich man lifted up his eyes being in torment. Well, that's a different place, isn't it? Now, John writes in Revelation chapter 14, verse 13, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. Jesus said in his narration here, Father Abraham, in response to the plea of the rich man who wanted Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water to cool his tongue. Remember what he said? For I am tormented in this flame. So what about those who are outside of Christ, and they die. They step out into eternity. They're in the Hadean realm. What about their fate? Oh, they're in Hades, all right, but they're not in paradise. No, Jesus said, 
in his narration to the rich man. You in your lifetime, you received good things and Lazarus evil. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. See the difference? One righteous, one unrighteous, one saved, one lost. One with God, one without God. One who will spend eternity with God, one who will spend eternity without God. So where are you? Your death certificate will read August the 6th, 10.30 a.m., you stepped out into eternity. And on your death certificate, they will identify what brought about your decease. But where are you? Where are you residing right now? In 2 Peter chapter 2 at verse 4, Peter talks about the angels who sinned. God cast down to, some translations say, cast down to hell. In the original, that word is Tartarus, T-A-R-T-A-R-U-S. It is the abode of the unrighteous. Those angels that sinned, Peter said, that they have been delivered into chains of darkness. Now note what he says. Reserved for the judgment. If you die outside Jesus Christ, if you've never obeyed the gospel, if you're not faithful to Him, you will be in Tartarus one day. The Lord delays His coming. Described as a place of torment. Can't possibly fathom just how bad that place would be. There are people boarding that train every day. They're stepping out into eternity and they are lost. They have no hope. They're without God in this world. Is that you? Is that you today? Had you died at 10.30 this morning, where would you be right now? You know where you'd be. You're either saved or lost. You are either at rest or you are in torment as we speak. And don't think it's going to get any better. No, you will be in eternity forevermore. Jesus said there's a great gulf fixed. There's no crossing over. No second chances. You don't have the opportunity to obey the gospel. You've got to do that today. Today's the day of salvation. You want to be saved, you need to get it right today. No promises tomorrow. Solomon said, who knows what a day may bring forth. You ready? Are you ready to stand in the presence of God? Now listen, one day Jesus will come again. If you die today, the Lord delays His coming. This week we'll have your funeral. We'll have a memorial service for you. Just in the last few days, I've conducted two funerals. One for what I would call a relatively young man. Died unexpectedly. Don't think it can happen to you. It can. Happens every day. Just read the newspaper. Get online and read about people that are stepping out into eternity every single day. That could be you. So you died 1030 this morning. Your body's going to be prepared for a viewing, and then we'll place your remains in the heart of the earth to await the resurrection. And the Bible says that Jesus will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise. So you're lost, separated from the presence of Almighty God, banished from His light forevermore. Now, we like to think that we have a future, don't we? In our heart of hearts, don't we like to think that we've got a good future before us? Good times. If you're outside of Christ and you die, there's no future for you. The Lord Jesus will come. When He comes, the dead are going to be raised, the righteous and the unrighteous. And the Bible says that spirit that is in the Hadean realm, 
whether in paradise or Tartarus, will be reunited with that body that rises from the grave. Your body might reside in the grave for a million years. Who knows? But it's going to come forth. As Jesus said, those that have done good to the resurrection of life, those that have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Will you rise to the resurrection of life or to the resurrection of condemnation? When Jesus comes, He's going to be seated upon the throne of His glory. All nations are going to be gathered before Him and we'll be there. Every single one of us will be there on that day. Are you ready for that day? And the Bible says Jesus is going to begin to separate those who are present at the judgment. As a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats, will you be numbered among the sheep or the goats? Now you just think about that for a minute. Look, this isn't science fiction. This is real stuff, real world. And you will be there. You're not going to opt out. Let me tell you this. There is not an attorney on earth that can talk your way out of where you're headed for eternity. Now, we like to hide behind attorneys and such like in this day and time. We might be guilty of sin, and they might get us off. But I can tell you this, when you stand before the Lord on the day of judgment, there will be no getting off. None. Paul said, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess to God. Are you ready for that day? If you don't bow today, you will bow. Make no mistake about it. And you will give an account of the deeds done in the body according to what you've done, whether good or bad. You live like the world. You act like the world. You pride yourself in the world. I can tell you this, you're going to be lost. You will be lost forever and ever and ever. Let that sink in for a minute. So where are you? You die outside of Christ, you don't have one hope. You die outside of Christ and God's going to take that spirit of yours, that inward part of you. He's going to place that in a place called Tartarus. And then when the Lord comes, you're going to be ushered before His judgment. And you're going to give an account of the deeds done in your body. If you have lived a faithful, godly Christian life, the Lord's going to say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. But if you haven't lived for the Lord, I can tell you what He's going to say to you, and you don't want to hear it. Brace yourself. Jesus said, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. I ought to tell us something about hell. Hell wasn't prepared for us, but I can tell you this, we live like the devil, act like the devil, live for the devil, we're going to be with Him forevermore. And He will smoke our hide just that plain. Now, we don't hear a lot about hell anymore, but I'm here to tell you it's a biblical subject. And it can be a motivating tool to get people to repent, to get their lives right. Now, how many people do you think come to services every first day of the week? They float in, they float out. They float in, they float out. But when the day of judgment comes, they're going to be lost. Why? Because they weren't seeking first the kingdom. Because when it's all said and done, they really weren't that faithful. Now, you can fool yourself and tell you it really doesn't matter. That's on you. But I'm here to tell you it does matter. And you better think again. I don't want anybody walking out this building today thinking that they're in a safe state if they're not saved. 10.30 this morning, they called it. Dead on arrival. 
So where are you? Where are you? Oh, I know where your body is. I'm not asking about you. I'm asking where are you? And then ask yourself this. Where are you going to be forevermore? Heaven or hell? Didn't Jesus say, cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, weeping and gnashing of teeth? No reprieve, no respite. Read about that rich fella. In torment, remember what the record says? He had five brothers that were alive and well. He wanted Lazarus to go back to try to reach those brethren. Why? Lest they also come to this place of torment. And you know what the Lord said? They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. You want to be saved today? I can tell you what's going to save you. It's this book right here called the Bible. That's it. The three people that I was called to the emergency room for, if that happened to you this week, where will you be? Happened to you this morning, 1030. Where are you? If you're here today and you haven't responded to the gospel, I encourage you to come to Christ. If you're not faithful to His cause, I would encourage you. Look, the day's coming when there will be no more pleas, no more overtures to be saved, no more invitations, no more invitation songs. Today's the day. What are you going to do? Thank you for listening to the Anchor of the Soul. Your speaker has been Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ, located at 9100 East Sandage Road in Olive Branch, Mississippi. To hear this lesson again, go to olivebranchchurchofchrist.org. Tune in next Sunday for more of the Anchor of the Soul. We have an anchor that keeps the soul Steadfast and sure while the billows roll Fastened to the rock which cannot move Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love